This is Corporate Cafecito, where we discuss career development and entrepreneurial growth strategies. I'm Mario Rodriguez. Y yo soy Nayeli Suarez-Guez. Go get your cafecito and let's talk about professional growth. Welcome back to Corporate Cafecito. I hope you have your warm cup of coffee, however you may take it. I take mine black. Uh, and today our focus is going to be on when you have a real passion for something and the in you know when the heart is driving your career how do you turn that into a full-time career yeah so today we're fortunate and lucky here to have our friend and guest david chiraboga from david chiraboga music who's a phenomenal spanish guitarist so david welcome thanks for having me great so we want to take everyone that's listening into his journey his career journey Right, the opportunities and what the opportunities that led to have a thriving career within the music industry. So, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where is it that your family's from, and how did you get into into music? I was born and raised in Chicago. Come from an Ecuadorian family, and uh, actually come from a non-musical family, which makes it a little bit more interesting. Just so that people know that I didn't come from uh, the gene pool of music, <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, that's how I, that's basically my background. I got into music just via, I did have an uncle who dabbled in some music. He kind of threw me into the guitar a little bit, but uh, through many years of trial and error, I finally got into it a little bit more after taking a college trip to Spain and then finding my passion through flamenco music. Excellent. Wow, flamenco music. That, that is a, a difficult art, obviously, and a passionate Especially art. Especially the guitar. Very passionate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. Not, so not how old were you when you picked up the guitar for the first time? I was a teenager. Yeah, maybe around 13, 14. But it took me years to like really get into it. And seriously, without like a, a good coach or a good teacher, I mean, I wasn't uh, the ideal candidate. That's really impressive. You know, I think, you know, when we think about like people who are artists, we think about like Sofia Vergara, like doing like commercials when she was three. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's also like a reminder that it's never, it's never too late. So you pick up the guitar when you're a teenager how do you turn it into a full-time career? Like I was saying, is I'm, I'm not the ideal candidate. That's why I like to tell people that everyone mm -hmm. could do this because I don't think I had this naturally in my genes. I had to like work for it. I started as a teen and it didn't kick in until like I was around 20 years old that I finally started actually going through this with the passion for flamenco. Um, like with anything, you can't... Uh, I started with this. I kind of got into it by accident, actually. So after going to Spain, finding a passion through it, I started to just play and people started offering me gigs and started getting into it. I'm like, okay, I can make a little money from this. That's that's cool. Do my passion, make a little money. But uh, eventually when I realized that I wanted to do this for a living, then that's where strategy started to kick in. And that's where I had to, uh, I decided to go to school, get my classical degree just to get a little bit more of a, a grounding with it. And also because my parents were, were nudging me, if, <laughs> like if I'm not going to go into anything else, why don't you at least get a degree in music? And I said, sure, that sounds like a good good idea and it was a good choice actually just to give me a little bit more structure and grounding you said strategy and like my ears perked up because that's like my passion <laughs> um what were some of the strategies that you used or that you implemented just like uh to find some type of strategy with this music basically just deciding on what's what i mean luckily the type of music that i do appeals to a lot of mass audiences so it could appeal to the senior crowd to to some young rocker that plays electric guitar and just enjoys Spanish guitar. Um, so 
that's part of it, deciding what I wanted to play, deciding the type of repertoire I wanted to play, how flexible I want to play, um, deciding the type of places I wanted to market to. And at the time, marketing and trying to get gigs was a whole different world than today. So, David, you talk about strategy. You you found the passion. And so uh, what was that, that defining moment in your life that said, you know what, this is the career that I, that I want to follow uh, and, and make this a full-time uh, career? What, what happened? What, what was that trigger? I know that you were dabbling in music. Your parents are telling you, hey, you know, you need to get a degree, kind of get something, you know, to back that up. But what was it that, that the defining moment in your life said, yep, this, this is it for me? Uh, personally, it was just the idea that I didn't think there was anything else I really wanted to do. That was my, that's all my mind was set on. That's all was, I was focused on at the moment. So um, I couldn't imagine myself doing anything else. So that was the first part. And then when I started seeing that, you know, you could actually make good money from this and, and make a living, then dev- definitely the second factor to, to just go for it. And I think it was about, about a five year transition where I started, I was still doing like side jobs and and working uh, into getting into music to where I finally was able to drop the side jobs and then for the last almost 20 years uh, be doing this full time and not have to work second jobs. You know, it's so funny. I think about just the evolution of musicians. I know like when I've tried to hire a mariachi there, you got to book them like a year in advance these days. And yeah. I remember being at a at a event during the day and seeing the mariachi, we always use the same guy and seeing him walk in. And I was like, you guys play during the day and, the, and during the week too? And it just <laughs> blew my mind. You know, I was like, of course they do. Like they're professional musicians. What are some of the like other misconceptions you think there are about full-time musicians? Well, one of the typical questions I get asked uh, 90% of the time is, so what else, what else do you do uh, oh, for a yeah. living? Like either what else do you do for a living or... And and if if I'm lucky, they'll just say, "Is this what you do full time?" Like I mean, they they kind of go straight there. So that's the first misconception would be that we could actually do this for a living and and thrive with it and live the above average life as a musician and not be the starving artist that a lot of people think that we are. And it's not always the case. Sure, there's some artists that aren't lucky and and don't do it the right way, but uh, but we're actually able to thrive with this career. Excellent. So. Thank you for sharing that because that, that's a myth that I think that everyone has out there. Right? It's like, well, you, you got to have multiple gigs outside the music industry to make it happen. So what would have been some obstacles or challenging times that, that you had overcome within your career? Well, the pandemic was definitely a, oh, a big, yeah. a big yeah. eye opener yeah, for us for, for so many fields, but especially the art, yeah, art the community. Life. Yeah. So that was definitely like an eye-opening experience for all of us. It was like a wake-up call to see where all our weaknesses were, like what was missing, and uh, just make us decide what we want to re- truly do with this. Um, it definitely opened up my eyes to all our weaknesses in terms of where I need to market a little bit more, how to uh, just how to uh, thrive a little bit more with this. Yeah. How'd your strategy shift during the pandemic? It definitely made me realize that I. I I don't want to just depend on actual performances to to make my living. I need to like get a little pivot a little bit more and open myself up to more uh, more diversity in within my field. So uh, now, I'm, for example, now I'm working on being a booking coordinator for a couple places, which uh, I've been enjoying because after doing this for so many years, now I I know so many great artists throughout Chicago that I love actually being able to book people and and uh, help out with that as well. 
besides booking myself once in a while. <laughs> and uh, like the top spot, mine, and then I got to film four more spots. <laughs> yeah, and also uh, I'm working on an e-course, which that's the popular thing nowadays to to do do a lot of e-courses, especially uh, uh, just something for beginners. Uh, also working on a lot of content for YouTube, which is also great marketing just for getting pr- private students and also for performances as well. Yeah. And I think as, um, you know, I, I would call you a, a small business owner, right? So I think the pandemic hit small business owners with the task of reinvention. Yeah, Of having to, to take what we were doing and do it completely different because we didn't have the same advantage. Like you think about corporate America, everyone was able to go remote. Mm-hmm. But for someone whose life performances are a full-time career, that that was a huge pivot. So congratulations on on surviving it. And also from your perspective of taking like your passion. And so like you're a full-time musician. And now to me, you booking other musicians, it almost feels like a mentoring of the next next group coming up too. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you could say that as well. (laughs) Well, Something else to mention, the pandemic showed a lot of musicians' weaknesses in their accounting and their and their money management with no judgment but i was really surprised at how many musicians already had needed gofundmes and like within a couple of weeks of the pandemic hitting and uh, that's another area where i really uh, try to propose and educate musicians about how to manage their money that's a good point just the, the opportunity to reassess reinvent realign yeah you know and then the intricacies of money management, right? Yeah. Because every just, business, that's the, at the like, core of the business of really just making sure that that economy is working the right way. Yeah. At the end of the day, being a musician is just like any small business and you need to do the same principles as any other corporate business needs to do. Yeah. Well, thank you for that clarity because there's this this mystique nostalgia around a musician. It's different. It, it, it's, a, it's a career, right? There, there's there's yeah. principles that are transcending from having a business it's no different from that so you know yeah thank you for kind of demythifying certain things that for our listeners that probably are thinking it's like whoa it's not any different there's there's guiding principles that apply um so what would you speaking about the upcoming and i love the fact that you're you know you're a booking agent and you're looking for you know to really help one another right that's that's that connectivity within the 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 music uh, arena what are some things that you think hold back new artists to thrive as, as making this as their career? Uh, basically some of the common sense principles that, that are, that work for other businesses as well. And I heard you saying in another one of your podcasts, little details like attire and, and being prepared. One of the last podcasts I think I heard from you guys yeah. and people or musicians, I'm really surprised at some of the things that they take for granted that they don't realize how important it is as far as, like you said, attire. I've seen some musicians, it doesn't matter if it's a small gig or, or a big gig, but some, some people show up like they just mowed the lawn <laughs> or <laughs> with, you know, sneakers, whatever it may be. They just look way too casual. And, and those, they have to remember that we're constantly branding ourselves when we yeah. walk into the room, whether it be with communication or how we're dressed and the type of repertoire we're playing, being punctual, all those little details. So all those little details are things that musicians take for granted and it's... And it's what actually makes the musician or, or in a lot of people's eyes. Yes. Yeah, it's it's, it's not just the music. <laughs> yeah. You know, when you when you talk about running your business and how you've evolved, what's like the one thing you're most proud of? I think the, the thing I'm proud of is that I've been able to do this for almost 20 years now and, and not have to uh, 
depend on any other type of work and actually support a family. For a long time, my wife was just a stay-at-home mom taking care of the kids, and I was the, the main breadwinner in the house taking care of everything, and that's one of the things I'm proudest of that we've been able to do that and and thrive. How do you think being part of the like Latin community helped you? Uh, part of the Latin community... It's a small community, so I mean, obviously, like with anything, uh, we there's always some support and nothing in particular, but yeah, just a lot of support. So, David, congratulations on, on your accomplishments of, of being a full-time a musician and obviously segueing into other uh, venues as well and leveraging other talents aside from performance. What advice would you give to those musicians that are doing double duty, right? They're, they're trying to pursue their career full-time as a musician, but they still have a nine to five. What, what are some advice that you would give them? Well, if you haven't been a full-time musician yet and it's that's your goal, then the first thing would be to uh, assess some factors. Like there's some factors that are out of your control as far as like location and uh, the genre that you play. If you live in a small town in Ohio versus like a big city like Chicago or New York, then those are some of the factors that are a little bit hard to control, and I can't honestly say it's going to be the same the same journey. But given aside a couple past those factors, just treating this as a business number one, and uh, really assessing all your marketing aspects, your branding aspects, and making sure that the type of repertoire that you're doing and the genre that you're doing is actually accessible to or marketable in the area that you're in. And also for those musicians that are doing this full-time but sometimes need to grab that second job or do the Uber or do something else on the side. What I would say to them is before looking for that second job is to really reevaluate everything that you're doing and see where you can make what you're already doing a little bit better because a lot of people like to or a lot of musicians like to run to that to that uh, ride share or something else type of job before actually looking at how they could actually improve their their current, their artistry or how do they could market themselves better or how do, what they could improve with what they already have. Yeah, so what other opportunities they could find within what they're doing. Yeah, that's that. the biggest uh, The biggest thing I have with that is that they easily run to the secondary jobs instead of seeing how they could improve what they already have. And some great, great information there, great advice. You know, David, we forgot to ask you, how do you take your cafecito? <laughs> Just uh, black with a little bit of a little milk. Wonderful. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us today. You know, one of the things that we want to highlight um, at Corporate Cafecito is that when you pick your career, you should have that passion and it should be something that drives you towards being happy and feeling fulfilled. And David, I think this is a really good example of of someone who found their passion and, and made it work. And now, you know, I, I think it's very impressive. So I appreciate you joining us. Thank you for having a cafecito with us, and we hope to see you again soon. Thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate it. Thank you, David. If you'd like more information or to connect with David, please visit our website at corpcafecito.com, where we'll have his information listed under our speakers tab. Corporate Cafecito was produced in beautiful downtown Oak Park at Boulevard Studio. Audio engineer and editor is Mike Mitchell. We're available on every podcast platform. 